Maximum news. It's crazy. It's great. I'm Max. That's Saib. No intros. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> Maximum news. So usually these uh, last few months, we've been uh, starting each of these shows with uh, Activision Blizzard updates. We're going to do that for you real quick. Uh, you know, in case you're living under a rock, there's a huge lawsuit going uh, against the company Activision Blizzard because of uh, allegations of sexual harassment and a sort of a workplace culture that like like that of, um, you know, something you would expect inside of a frat house. Uh, there's been a really recent uh, development in this case, and it's a really worrying one, side. And if uh, this like if the stuff that's happening here uh goes in favor of um, Activision Blizzard, this could mess up the entire lawsuit. This could basically help them avoid true punishment for the stuff that they've been engaging in. So let me lay this out for you guys uh, in a way that's easily understandable. So we're familiar with the lawsuit that was brought against Activision Blizzard by the Department for Fair and uh, Fair Employment and Housing. I think it is DFEH. That's the the most popular one that uh, everybody's been reporting on the last few uh, months. Well, there's also another lawsuit that was filed prior to that by the EEOC, which is the Equal Employment and Opportunity Commission. Activision Blizzard was just about to finish uh, settling with that secondary lawsuit uh, on the basis of $18 million. But before they could, the DFEH filed an objection against this settlement uh, the one that was filed by the EEOC, because this settlement, uh, one of the conditions is that Activision Blizzard would be able to remove uh, any sort of documents from the case that might compromise their moral standing, let's say. And so the DFEH naturally wanted to make sure that this uh, potential evidence could be protected from being destroyed, because as we know, and we reported on uh, last week and uh, one of the episodes prior to that, uh, Activision Blizzard has been accused of destroying evidence that uh, incriminates them. Well, <laughs> it looks like that objection might not be able to be filed. And it's because of something that the people at the EEOC and the DFEH did that was really basic and really stupid. There are two lawyers who are heading the DFEH lawsuit that worked for the EEOC and were a part of the EEOC's investigation into Activision Blizzard. Now you're like, why is that a problem? Because this is a conflict of interest. It's a violation of Californian law, which for some reason, these two lawyers did not seem to realize once they decided to leave the EEOC, join the DFEH, and join this lawsuit. Like, are, are you stupid? Are you a child? Are you high? Even I knew that. It's it's not difficult to point out conflicts of interest. You don't have to be a lawyer to be able to recognize the problem here. Now, get this. When these two lawyers were confronted by the EEOC, you know, because they're like, what are you guys doing? You're messing this up for us. Uh, they were on a conference call or something. They were called up and they're like, what the heck are you doing? Guess what happened? The two lawyers left the call. So they, they basically pulled like what that one WHO guy d did when he was like, oh, yeah, is Taiwan its own country? I'm sorry, what? What? I can't hear you. What? The volume, like something wrong. And then connection to cuts out, right? So because these two lawyers directed the DFEH, the integrity of the entire lawsuit is now in question from a legal 
point of view, making the motion to protect evidence potentially unfulfillable and basically just making the entire lawsuit filed by the DFEH brought into question, which Activision Blizzard can use in their defense. So well done, everybody. Well done. Who would have known the state of California is completely incompetent? Sibe, save me from uh, my... Well, I mean, it's it's a combination of the feds. Um, it, it, as I understood, it's more of the feds that that messed this up. Because you... So the, there's a whole bunch of things that are kind of went on at the same time. One is like the this this lawsuit gets finished from the feds and the feds are like, Oh, you, you blizzard, you're in trouble. Now you made, how much money did you make? Oh, you made $8 billion last year. Well, we're going to, Oh man, we got, we got the mother of all haymakers coming your way. We're going to fine you $18 million, $18 million. Um, you know, all these people that had been, you know, abused for in some cases years you know forced out from the industry ruining their careers all this stuff we're, we're gonna make you pay them like like 10 to 20 grand each you know that's the equivalent of flicking a dog on the yeah. nose yeah. <laughs> for something bad that yeah they did. I, I mean it's it's not even, it's not even a flick on the nose it's like it's like you threw a, a little wad of toilet paper uh you know at their backside of clean toilet paper and they didn't even notice like what? Like seriously, if this is the 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 penalty for you know screwing people over, and you you make you you make eight billion dollars from the hard abused workers, uh, these workers who worked very hard and were were horribly abused for years, having to rely on dietary suppressants just to be able to get through work days because they don't have enough money to eat. They're on food stamps as well as working 60, 70 hours a week. And and for some odd reason, you know, your high-end buddies, which there are lots, this has been this has been sort of well documented. It's not talked about enough. The amount of like high-end upper federal uh, workers that used to work for the feds that now work in Blizzard. It's actually quite high. And now I've known this for a really long time. And I'm not saying all those people are bad, but I do find mm. it like it's, it's, it, and it's not because there's a lot of them. Like there's a lot of Fed, former Fed, especially former like CIA Fed that work at Activision Blizzard, which is kind of weird. I mean, it's a, it's a little weird. I mean, how many people from the CIA do you think like formerly worked with the CIA? now work at a video gaming company. I mean, just pick a number. Like, how many do you think is the normal number of people who, who do that career change? Like, just guess. Just guess. Oh, uh, I don't know. A thousand? No, there's like, there's, no, there's barely a thousand people who work for the CIA. I mean, regularly. Like, so how many of them are going to retire in the middle of their career there and move over to a video game company? It's like... They, I have no I, idea, dude. I don't know how many. Most yeah. people would say, like, what, three? Like, th like three would be a lot. Like, that would be like, wow, that's super coincidental. Like, that is, that is really bizarre. No, mm. it's like well into the high 20s. It's kind of freaky. It's kind of weird. Um, this, this is something that people don't talk about enough. And I don't know why, because it's really bizarre. It's really bizarre at any rate. The um, the, they could take 
and treat these employees like garbage for so long. And then if the, the punishment for that, for, for allowing just some of the most God awful, terrible behavior that somebody committed suicide about is $18 million when they made it over $8 billion in, in just the last like year and a bit, like, okay, well then what's the point of like, like, like it's, it's not a crime and a punishment. It's a, it's a mild, like, um, bonus tax or, or I don't know what you might call it. Like a, like a speed bump. Cause it's not even a speed bump. It's yeah. like a, it's like a pebble on this, on the road, on a, on like a paved road. It's like, you don't even notice mm. it. It's like how they're not going to notice $18 million out of eight, like out of 8 billion. Like what? Like, no. So yeah. So this just sets a, a terrible precedent, but these two lawyers, like, I mean, if if these two lawyers end up getting like fancy squishy jobs at some like high end law firm or end up disappearing, you know, into the Cayman Islands with you know a couple hundred mil, it's like right. okay, all right, I guess we know what's going on here, and and I hope I hope I hope justice comes because that th- this is the most frightful thing when government is essentially ruled by like corporations, like fear that because that's not a good thing. I mean, like it's either that or they're just plain incompetent. And I'd like to think that nobody can be that stupid. So I tend to side with you side. It's like they have to be, there has to be some sort of monetary influence going into like what's going on here. I know it might sound conspiratorial to some, but like, am I am I wrong to feel that way? Anyways, I don't think so. So that's what the uh, the deal is right now, guys. Please don't. If you're playing World of Warcraft, just just don't. Just stop. Just go play Final Fantasy 14. At least until they show that they've decided to smarten up. Don't play Diablo Immortal. Uh, Immortal when it comes out. Uh, and speaking of Diablo, before we move on from this, uh, Diablo say, 2 hey, Resurrected. Don't play Diablo 2 Resurrected, but I mean, given the time of the day, you probably can't play anyways. <laughs> yes, exactly. You can't play anyways, and there are people still uh, uh, complaining about it on the subreddit for Diablo 2. Uh, they're like, oh yeah, three weeks on, I still own this game, I still can't get in. Why do you still own the game? Why are you still trying to play? There are tons of other things that you can do with your spare time. So many games, so many TV shows, so many forms of entertainment. Just stop. Anyways, yeah, Diablo 2, over three weeks later, uh, Blizzard has yet to fix the server issues. There are people that are still trying to log into the game that can't, and it's just not good. And it's too bad because apparently a lot of people are saying, yeah, Diablo 2 Resurrected ain't half bad. I mean, the game itself, when you can play it, is apparently pretty good. But, I mean... Like, given the way that they're handling all the online stuff and, you know, all the surrounding stuff going around uh, on with the company, it's like, why? Why would you bother? Mm-hmm. Right. Anything you want to say about that? Son? No, no, it's that's I mean, it's like surprise, right? <laughs> like era 37 was what? One of the biggest like like uh, uh, memes, memes of the last like two decades, like. I, I think at some point you could say that it basically invented some of the video game memes. Like, I mean, it didn't invent it, invent it, but I mean, it came pretty close and it's really disgusting. Yeah. So, yeah. It's like this happened with a game, not with the remaster, but with a full on game with Diablo three. And you couldn't prepare for when Diablo two came out. 
Like, why? I, I don't understand. Anyways, uh, next story. Uh, Saib, you picked out this one. What is going on with Kotaku and Nintendo? So, um, Metroid came out and right. was really good, but it was better on the PC. And you might say, oh, Saib, I didn't realize that uh, on the PC. And the answer to that is it's not. And that's kind of what the article in Kotaku was saying is that, hey, this game is really good on the PC. By the way, you know, uh, uh, you know, thanks to, to modders and stuff. Now, and this is one of these weird things. I agree that most Nintendo games are better on the PC. I, I absolutely agree theoretically with that statement. I've never, you know, air quotes, tried it before, but I, I've heard amazing things from so many people about modding and emulators and stuff like that. Now, they went really hard down that road, and it was the tone and the way that they did it, and then the way that they tried to edit the the thing and kind of like cover stuff up about it, uh, the article I'm talking about, Um Kotaku mm-hmm. realized that what they had done is they just told a bunch of people to basically go pirate the game. Um, and, <laughs> and that's, and that's that, that part the way they handled it was just a mess because they're Kotaku and they don't know how to like handle crisis at all. They don't know how to like stand and debate anybody because they've no, never heard of this thing called debate before. Like what, what's that strange <laughs> thing? You mean two people with opposing a exchange of ideas, yeah, two people with opposing yeah. ideas debating to come up with, you know, a, a better solution or find out which one is the more valid line of thinking. Yeah. They've never heard of that before. So yeah, that's, that's more or less how they handled the article. And that's led to them getting really, really burned in a lot of places, getting just absolutely just a ton of backlash on that. Um, but there were also people that were putting some backlash on Nintendo and, and I, I've been railing against this. I've been railing about this for years. It's like Nintendo during a time where they were like financially strapped for cash, they were like, what do we do? And, and they, then they buckled down, they came up with the Wii and it was great. It's like, congratulations. Now you guys understand that I could make you like probably 20 billion over the next like few years, if I just if they just they just did a handful of things, put it on the PC, and that was just create a store front on the PC and launch all your games on PC at the same time, and then have bundle bonuses and like ordering of switches right there on your store that gets shipped right to people. Like I I, I mean I, I hate to tell you this, but but there are people who would be more than willing to pay. A five hundred, a thousand dollars to do a big collection of original NES games. Like, what are you doing, Nintendo? Why are you sitting on this immense amount of of desire from people to play your games that don't have the ability to haul around yet another electronic device? Like, I mean, Sony was able to figure and, it out. Well, it's 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 not only that; it's like. It's like, it doesn't even make sense. It's like, they have the perfect option. They could run all, They could run every single NES game. Any, every Super NES game. They, they could run both of those things entirely off of any phone that anybody's using right now. They, oh, yeah. they, could, they could put that onto Steam if they were really lazy about it. They could put it onto Steam and sell like 
Nintendo Super Packs, you, you know, and then just list the years and then sell each year for like anywhere between like five hundred and a thousand dollars, and people would buy it in droves. Just have a simple an- I would emulator that, and or it's like, or you guys could release more of those miniature consoles that plug into the plug into both your PC or your TV or anything basically. And it just runs the Nintendo through this tiny little micro console that you have. I mean, you could do that. There's hundreds of ideas to resurrect this enormous, massive library of old video games that they mostly own most of them to, to this day, like, like the early stuff, they Mm -hmm. have like most of the rights to most of those games. And yet they don't. And they don't put any well, of their actually they put hardly any of their Nintendo games on anything. They they've never brought some of the most highly demanded games. Like right now, if they brought over like Smash, I'm pretty sure they would be like probably like if they put Smash on just Steam, I'm pretty sure they would <laughs> be like anywhere between one to, to four million people playing that every day. Oh, absolutely. And, I would too. Like, dude, if they allowed me to play Super Smash Brothers Melee on Steam, the game that I grew up playing with my friends, and I could kick somebody's ass over in North Korea or India or something, I'd be playing that game nonstop. Mm-hmm. Although you probably statistically you lose against them, but no. Shh! Don't let them know. Um, <laughs> they don't need to know that. But still, it's 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 been shocking for so long that Nintendo refuses yeah. to cash in on one of the biggest things they, they could have cashed in. And the thing is, is that they could be doing this every few years. Like, I just I just don't understand. I want to play Zelda 1 and 2. Why can't I play Zelda 1 and 2? Oh, well, you know, it's just not allowed. Like, why? Well, you know, just because. Like, can you explain to me the reason why I can't play my favorite, like one of my favorite games of all time? Why can't I play that somewhere i could play most of the other mm-hmm. games somewhere i have jagged alliance one and two installed on my computer for crying out loud i have fallout 2 installed on my computer why can't mm. i play these iconic old games that i love in their traditional format and it's like well you can you just have to find a nintendo and then play it on that nintendo it's like well okay good luck with that you also have to buy an old-fashioned tv and it's like or get an adapter. It's like, yeah. dudes, seriously, can we just play this on, like, this release? They probably would have hit multiple million more sales if they had released it on PC. I just don't understand. And that's the thing. It's like, it's like if they came out and explained their reasoning and said, well, we believe that we want to maintain our hardware, uh, the level of hardware, you know, interactability, and blah 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 blah, and gave a reason for that. I could understand. I could understand. I could debate that, right? But they don't even say mm-hmm. when you ask them. In if you ever get one of them in a news conference, one of the CEOs news conference, say, "Why aren't you releasing the PC?" The they they just they either do not answer the question or they just get up and leave the room. It's one of the two. It's like no pass or or it's just they they just leave. It's like why? Mm-hmm. There's so much. There's so much desire to play your old products, but yet you you won't budge. And I don't, I don't, I do not get it. I do not understand. Can, can I offer? Can I venture one potential theory? Uh-huh. 
Uh, it goes off of a little bit of an announcement that actually came out today regarding the Nintendo Switch Online uh, subscription uh, that they have going right now and how it's going to intertwine with the release of N64 games and Sega Genesis games coming up pretty soon. Uh, as many of you might know that already have a Nintendo Switch Online subscription, for a lot of you, it costs about $19.99 American every 12 months. Well, they're coming out with a new deal, which allows you to be able to play those aforementioned N64 games, games like Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, Star Fox 64, Mario uh, Golf or Tennis, I think it is, and then Sega Genesis games like Sonic. Check this out. One of the bundles that allows you to play uh, N64 Genesis, and also bundled in with it, whether you like it or not, is Animal Crossing DLC. That that subscription costs forty nine ninety nine a year, mm-hmm. right? That's a uh, to a lot of people that seems like a little bit much because these are of course retro games; they're not as valuable anymore. And plus, not a, not everybody plays Animal Crossing. I mean, it is a very, very popular game. It's one of the most popular in the world, but not a whole lot of people play them. And I think the reason why they choose to gouge up the prices like that is because they know that the only place that people can legally play them is on their consoles. And because people are just such diehard Nintendo fans that they'll do whatever Nintendo asks of them to play them, they'll just continue to do it and stay in business, even if it means forsaking billions of dollars because it just means less work and less risk involved right what do you think i i would again i i kind of doubt that that's their reasoning for it because okay they've never they haven't moved on this for for well over a decade and it's been well over a decade that they've been having like cash flow issues and they've been wanting to develop you know other things and new hardware they just can't afford to do it and the Switch is an incredibly underpowered uh, piece of technology. It, 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 mm-hmm. it really, it really is not that great in comparison to what you know they want to run. And so it's just kind of, it's just kind of surprising, again and again and again. It's just surprising that they don't move on an obvious uh, advantage that they would have to fund all of the stuff they want to do. If they want to create the next best console, they're going to need considerable. Um, resources to do that probably more than what they have access to right now so i again it's it's one of those things that that confuses me because even if they wanted to like launch that system and have that as a primary system they can't because they don't have the money to because they just refuse to do something it's (laughs) it is one of the most confusing things to me i just it's I just do not understand why they they avoid this stuff like the plague. Doesn't make any sense to me at all. If they want the money for it, I can tell you like the one thing that they need to do that will get them all the money in the world. Make a Pokemon MMO. That way you'll get everybody to buy a Switch uh, and make sure obviously make it good. And then you'll have all the money to find all your creative projects and you'll dominate the world. Because that will be the only thing that anybody's playing. Remember what happened when Pokemon Go came out? Just imagine that, but with a Pokemon MMO with continuous content and all that crap. I'm, they should honestly hire me to be a creative consultant for Nintendo. I'm an absolute genius. Let's move on to uh, 
this next uh, subject here. We'll get through this real quick. So we obviously, uh, the main subject of last week was that uh, GTA Remastered was officially confirmed by Rockstar. We still don't know anything about like uh, how it's going to play, how the graphics are going to look. All we know is that it's going to be coming out sometime before the end of the year. So sometime within the next two months, we'll be able to get our first look at it. What was sort of surprising and frustrating to me, however, was that this past week it was announced that the original versions of those three games, GTA 3, GTA Vice City, and GTA San Andreas, would no longer be available on their storefront. It would no longer be available on Steam. So once I heard this, I went out of my way to buy all those three games, all those original versions, just in case the GTA Remastered version comes out and uh, it doesn't look very good. So that way, if I was inclined to go back and play those original games, I still have the originals and I can use the mods that people have created for them to make the game look even better than the alternative that Rockstar is providing. Sai, what do you think about them removing these original versions? Is it like, does it make business sense in any way? Is it just like anti-consumer, like the way that I view it? Um, I think to a level it is anti-consumer, right? I, I think any time that you have a game that you release to the world and then you take that away from people, including people who have bought and played it, bought and are trying to run it on, on a you know on a device that's connected to the internet and then you tell them that no when you're when you know you refuse to give them access to continue to play despite you closing down the servers i don't agree with that at all i think everybody should have if you if you buy the product you should always be able to access the product in some way shape or form you should you know you should hmm. you should if you if you bought into an mmo you should have the ability to basically boot up the MMO and host it on your own computer if their servers are no longer live. Yeah. I think I honestly think that that's the way that legally this stuff should be handled, and that if people are refusing to, you know, orchestra like to to give the players this access to this stuff, it's 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 quite jarring because again, it's like, oh well, you're buying a service. It's like. Well, yeah, but I'm also buying the, you know, buying the physical you know, the, copy, the physical copy, the experience and stuff like that. Like if you, it, you know, say, say this is like a, I don't know, I guess a bowling alley is, I guess the best, uh, the best example that I can bring for this in the real world. If you buy a membership at a bowling club and then you spend like $500 to buy a fancy pair of shoes that you keep at the place, then you, you buy a, a um, you know, you get you get a custom made bowling ball with your father's skull in it. Um, after he was uh, <laughs> unceremoniously fell down an empty elevator shaft and landed on some bullets, um, if you take his skull then and put it into the the bowling ball, and then you use, and you store that bowling ball there. By the way, you get ten points if you get the reference. Um, if you do that, and then the bowling club is like, you know what? Hey, uh, we're closing up shop here. Uh, going out of business and you're like, great, could I get my shoes and my bowling ball back? Well, you know, that's the funny thing is we already sold that off or we're holding it in storage and you can't get it. It's like, but that's mine. It's like, yeah, the experience of you bowling and the, and, and your bowling records and you know, that kind of stuff. I mean, I guess, you know, that you know, obviously you can't take those things with you necessarily, but there are some, there is something to be said that, you should be able to access something that you paid for. It's like, yeah, it's just, I know it's a weird thing and, and there's lots of, and, and I mean, it's obviously 
a debate that it has way more nuance than I'm putting in there, obviously. And the example is not that good. I mm. just really, really wanted to put that um, that one uh, scene reference in there. But yeah, maybe I, I think this is, yeah. I think, I think GTA removing the original versions and just kind of kicking them to the curb and, you know, then implementing them into their new live service thing that you'll never be able to play offline again anyways, most likely. I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm not mm. assuming that, uh, or I am assuming that I'm not, I'm not stating that that is a fact one way or the other. It's just, to me, it feels like they're just rolling that into this massive moneymaker machine that is GTA online. And they'll find some way to incorporate that into some way, some service thingy so that when they shut down in the future, you won't have access to this, your content that you put, you know, your, your, influence of your character and whatnot into the world I, like I, that's kind of what i it's yeah. kind of the feel that i get i don't know if that's true i don't know if that's accurate i but to me that's what it feels like and it feels blah i don't like it yeah <sighs> rockstar man remember like before gta 5 came out they were sort of like beloved for just making these consistently amazing games but then they got high off of all the money they made they made more money than jesus god allah and the queen combined and then they just started doing this crap oh and by the way rockstar if there's any god like snowball's chance in hell that you're listening to this your launcher sucks you know how long it took for me to be able to get rdr2 up and running without it crashing all the time with you know without me having to do all these manual fixes being on the line with Rockstar support for days on end to get it to work. Yeah, please, please don't make me use that, please. And yeah, I'm not buying. If I get the GTA remastered, I'm definitely not getting it on PC. Never again. Anyways, a little mini rant over. Uh, I got a couple more stories left over. So I'm going to let you take the lead on this because I'm not obviously in yet in instantiated within the world of tabletop rpgs or any video games that sort of simulate that so what's going on with uh, this company called critical so Role? critical role is a they literally it's a show where a group of eh, like not major celebrities like they're, they're good celebrities again yeah, some people don't like certain um certain some people don't like some of them because of you know whatever i i think that I think the show is decent. I, I don't think it's the best thing since sliced bread. I think it's a great concept. I really do appreciate them bringing tabletop gaming experiences to the forefront. I've got to give them props for that. I know that there were other people doing it beforehand, but the fact that they did it, they went in all in the way that they had. And the way that um, you know a number of the guests and, and players have built their stories out before, I, I you know, I give kudos for that. And they're naturally, they're very funny. There's some really great lines and really great stuff. The, uh, everything from the, um, mind altering, uh, cupcake to, uh, to some of the, the, the scenes with the guy and the sword, uh, the talking, <laughs> the guy who talks to plants. Um, it, this stuff is genuinely very funny and it's very funny because people create clips of it online and, Critical Role doesn't aggressively go after them. So again, it's like, I don't think they're the best people in the world. I don't think they're as bad as some people make them out to be. I definitely respect them as, as people. And I think that they've opened some really cool doors. Um, and, and I hope that it, I hope it's not a sign that the whole tabletop thing doesn't become, you know, um, 
celebritized. Like, I, I really don't want to see that. Uh, and that would be what I'd say one of the downsides are. But basically, it's just a bunch of celebrities that get together and make, do, do, they, they host like a tabletop D&D experience. And it goes on for a number of weeks and they add more characters, change the stories, that, that kind of stuff. And it's done really well. I would say I, I have to give them props. It's done really well. Well, they have announced a couple of things. They're getting a TV show, um, like a new TV show that's like in character, in universe, I believe. So it's like actual like elves and people are going to be running around. That's kind of cool if that <laughs> pans out the way that I'm hoping it does. Um, but th- what they've also done is they're, they've announced that they're going to be making a video game, which I'm like somebody who avidly loves tabletop and, and really appreciates, um, good tabletop games. I've got to say that I'm really excited for this, but I am not that excited for this because they haven't named the studio or even if they've nailed down a studio to work on the project. So right. they don't know if they, they, they don't, we don't know if they're actually going to have this project ready and, you know, ready to go when it's, you know, when it, when it's, you know, about to take off. Right. Like, like we don't know very much about this. Um, they haven't done a video game before. Obviously we don't know how this is going to work. You know, is it going to be good? Is it going to be bad? Um, I don't know. I hope that it's good. And I'll leave it at that, basically. So that that's that. Um, and then in other popular tabletop, hold on. S- oh, sorry. sorry, I just let me just clarify one quick thing. So you're they are they said that they're going to make a game, yet they haven't secured a company. Well, we don't know if they do have secured a company. This was the weird. Um, this is the weird thing. So quoting from the the Tech Raptor article, they go. Any idea of who Critical Role will be working with on this project is in the air. They have worked with Obsidian Entertainment in the past for Critical Role-themed voice packs and portraits based on their Vox Machinima characters. But as for who they could have, there's plenty to pull from. So we don't know. I'm glad to know that's all you have to do to, you know, announce that you're going to be making a game. And I think with that said, I think it's appropriate to announce to the world right now. Guys, it might make you happy to know that I'm working on the new Silent Hill game. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm I'm going to be funding it. Uh, I'm going to be working with Konami to get it done. Have I set up any meetings with Konami to, uh, you know, get the rights and work Mm -hmm. on it? No. Do I have my own team? No. But if if this is all it takes, then, you know, I, I can just... Make it seem like my dreams are coming true. Uh, sorry, I just I just found that very peculiar. But uh, more power to them. You know, they seem like a, a popular uh, set of uh, people. They seem to do stuff that a lot of people enjoy. And based on how you described it, uh, as somebody who's never engaged with this sort of stuff, it sounds charming. And if they can sort of bring uh, their own brand to their own type of video game uh, and, and do it well, then more power to them. It'll be... Uh, well appreciated by their fans. And sorry, what was the other thing you wanted to bring? Up? Um Baldur's, Baldur's Gate. Gate yeah. right? So Baldur's Gate, uh, they had their live they had their uh, panel from hell uh, yesterday. They are now on patch six. It's one year anniversary of when they launched their initial um, the initial foray into making Baldur's Gate three. Uh, it's in early access. Act one is available for play. That's about it. Um you can only get up to level four. 
which is pretty small. The game is massive for a four and act one. And there's a ton of content, new areas and stuff like that. They, they will be adding into the game before the, or when the game actually goes live. We don't know how much more we're going to be getting. They want to, they really want to release this game. They've got, you know, typically their last game had five acts. One was a minor act. So you had four major areas to go and explore. Um, we kind of expect the same thing from this. I'm hmm. fingers crossed that the game is as good as it is in, in its early state. This is the way for anybody who's like, ah, oh, I hate early access games. You know, why can't they just make a game? I would say that without a doubt, this is the preferred way of making games going forward. This, hands down, this is the preferred way for every studio to make a game going forward that has any kind of like online if, capability or has it like a, a is working with a large base rule system. This is what I want to see. I think Cyberpunk was a complete failure as far as like what it was supposed to achieve. It's a decent mm-hmm. enough game, I guess but it's not that thing that we were looking for, that thing that we were hoping for. And then the new, the latest stuff coming out for it has been somewhat abysmal, to be honest. It's been really sad. Conversely with, with you know, and that game was secret all the way up, right? It was secret, 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 secret. And then they finally put it out and they're like, oh, and then it was just a bomb, right? Now yep. with Baldur's Gate, you have the uh, you have the ability to play a lot of classes, a lot of races, a lot of characters right from the get-go. You can experience their story, you can delve into the mechanics, you can work with a whole bunch of of the the D&D core system and explore it and create stuff and there's already tons of mods for it and it's been going really really well and in this you discover things like hey Melee characters are a little boring. They don't have the diversification <laughs> that some of the other characters have as far as like being able to do stuff. You know, some melee characters, it's like they're going to attack. And that is the turn I attacked. And there's not really anything else there for them to do in, in a lot of situations. So they said, so the developers are like, hey, we agree. We've, we're going we're going to see what we can do. So they've added additional attack moves. So you can attack in more than one way. So there's more uh, situational situations and, and the choice of weapons actually has more meaning to it now. Hmm. There's better immersion. Yeah. Way better immersion. And they've added more, um, they've added uh, more diversity of monsters. They've added more uh, like, so you're not fighting this, you know, in the, in the initial, you know, tutorial area or like intro area um you're on the ship and you're you're fighting your way through the ship now up to this last patch you only had one enemy type prime like primarily only really had one enemy type going through there was some bonus combat that you could get into if you wanted but it was largely just the same like stuff well yeah now they threw in a new monster so they mixed that up so that it's not as boring. You're you're developing. You're you're interacting with more different kinds of monsters and stuff like that. They there were some people who were in that early. Again, it's very much like a tutorial to level. It takes you like 15 minutes to get through if you're if you're if you're moving semi quickly. Um, but they've added uh, a reward for people who were 
who who were noticing that that you know if you could kill this one guy you know it was kind of cool and you did get a great sword but like it was really difficult and they're like hey i kind of want you know a better reward for doing this and so they said sure thing so they added in a better reward for doing something that was really really hard in that early place and and so yeah they they've been addressing everything they really take feedback and they really interact with the feedback quite heavily and they're expanding things and building up more. And I think it's awesome. I think it's great. And I think this is the future of, I really think that if you're making a big game, a massive game that's designed to be played with lots of people, either in a small group of people, like, like, like playing with people, I think this is a, perfect thing to do going forward i would highly recommend that every developer chases this concept from this point where it's like if they're going to do yeah, early it's like access. It's, but you're basically providing an interactive demo that's going to be around that's around for a long time that you constantly add more stuff to and and then you get that feedback you're like hey what do you think of this and then you hear people's stuff and you go that's right what we were doing what we were doing before was kind of stupid and thankfully, our community was like, hey, don't do that. That's really stupid. And thank God we listened to them because now we have a fun interactive system and everybody feels better about the game. It's like, oh, my goodness, what a novel concept. Listening to your fans and giving them what they want. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my. And coming up with solutions, you know, by hearing their complaints. Oh, my goodness. Who that nobody in the history of mankind has ever thought about this at all, apparently, because when you look at games that have come out recently, they're all, you know, there's so many failures where people were like, yeah, I was expecting you to do this. And then you just, it's not that you didn't do that. It's that you took that idea and you trashed it and you mocked it. And then you walked yeah. away. And it, the customer's always right. What the heck are you yeah, talking about? I know about? such it's a weird just... concept. It's like it's like, hey, we we want you know we want this camera angle. We want that camera angle. We want we want the ability to do this. We want the hey, we find this really annoying. It's like oh oh my goodness, you've listened to that and you've made a better game now. Um, yeah, Baldur's Gate, one of the best games. Honestly, I think this is going to be one of the best games for the next for the next probably set, for the next decade. Uh, in all honesty. Mm. I think this is going to set the standard for D&D tabletop experience games going forward. I think there's going to be a whole bunch of games that are going to try and emulate this down the road. And I'm, I'm glad and I'm happy with that because I am so I am so happy with where Baldur's Gate is and where it's headed. That's the most important thing is where it's headed and what they're doing and what they're incorporating is like this. This is what I like seeing. This is beautiful. Mm. I love this. The, the game is open, it's vibrant, and I love it. So, if you're an early access game, Star Citizen, I'm looking at you. This is the model that you have yeah, to yeah. adopt. And, yeah, got, when it come, when Saib is saying, like, listen to the, the fans, they're not, he's not saying you have to pay attention to the trolls or the loudmouth people that are just criticizing your game and don't really have anything constructive to add. I mean, yes, you'll have to deal with those people and you'll have to sort of uh, separate the wheat from the chaff there, but at least that will be better in the long run for you to interact with the fans and figure out where the wheat exactly. is instead of just ignoring them and then letting your game be ruined forever like so many, like you said, recent releases all have been, like Cyberpunk 2077. I, I've got, I've got to say, I've got to say not, just as a last note on this, that 
one of the most important things that game developers have now is heat mapping. And heat map is where you watch you watch tens of thousands of people play your game at the same time on a like a speed up sped up thing where you can like kind of look at yeah. it and you see where where was everybody three hours into the game, four hours into the game, five hours into the game. What quests did they do? And then on repeated playthroughs, what quests did they focus on? What characters did they focus on? What things did they like doing? How many of them built a stack of cheese? Like literally, like how many people just did dumb, crazy things? And what was the response to those dumb things? And, and how were they looked at? You know, from everything from quests to that information, that's what you get from doing an early access right where it's mm-hmm. it you know it's not releasing the game then it's like hey this is in beta but you pay full price for it. it's like no this one they made it clear it's like look don't buy this game if you don't want to like go through bugs and stuff like that like, this game is gonna be here we want people who are seriously interested in giving feedback and in the, are interested in going on this journey with us and you know that that's going to be that journey and it's like if you're interested in that i think that's the way to go in the future you just work on a work on a small yeah. slice of the game build it out logically and then you'll have the ability to see where people what people want and how to address it and then how to like build the game from there and yeah and i think you get a lot more interaction out of that and i think it's just generally a lot better than like, hey, I know exactly what the people want. They want to do exactly what I want them to do all the time because <laughs> I'm a genius. It's like, nah, most, okay, most people are only a genius once in their life. And you are most certainly not a genius for the entire duration of your career. And there's a lot of people yeah. who are waking up to that very sad reality, both, both people who make stuff and people who play the stuff that they make. Cyb and I are exceptions to oh, the yes, general of rule. Though. Well, We're I mean, I am geniuses. a robot. So, yeah. yeah, and I am yellow. I mean, I'm, I'm literally glowing. I I look like a god to most people that I walk by. All right. Well, it sounds lovely. I can't wait to finally uh, play that game with you. Like when it, you get the online version, and you can introduce me to uh, sort of the world of tabletop RPGs because I am very fascinated. It's something people have been begging me to do. Uh, hopefully sometime in November, I think we were talking about before uh, the show, we can actually sit down and start doing yep. stuff like that. That's uh, just October is yeah, be pretty October busy always, uh, with all the spooked over content. In, in, yeah, November, like like the the multiplayer co-op is is up and running right now. So it's it's really exciting. Nice. All right. So that'll do it for us, ladies and gentlemen, for this episode of Maximum News. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Listen, if you liked it, make sure you hit the like button because that not only tells the YouTube algorithm that this content is worth watching, it also tells the YouTube algorithm that all the other content on this channel is worth watching as well. It is the disability channel that hosts this podcast. They do a lot of great content in regards to promoting people with disabilities. You know, how much I care about that stuff, especially on my own personal channel where I talk about people with disabilities, people with mental health issues, autism-related issues. And if you want to see more stuff like that talked about, more stuff like that promoted, hitting that like button is a very free and easy way to do so. I want to thank Saib for doing this podcast with me, as always, for all the lovely insight that he uh, brings in and making sure that uh, we don't miss out on important stories, uh, cool stories like the Baldur's Gate stuff. Saib, do you want to tell people very quickly where they can find you on the interwebs? The Triple S League basically anywhere twitter uh youtube um yeah and tomorrow uh if you if you um 
I always forget this. This put goes up after our stream. So tomorrow, which will be like in the past now, uh, we have streamed this morning uh, some Baldur's Gate 3. Ho feel free to, to uh, hop in and check that out. Cool. And you guys can just find me on all the uh, relevant forms of social media, just at Max Darrett. My name's in the, uh, the description box below if you have a hard time figuring out how it's spelled. Thanks, guys, again. And until we do this again next week, I want to remind you, you know what to do. Just stay the same color as my skin. Stay yellow. Bye-bye. Uh -huh.